Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Otter Fishing with me, Trevor Topfer. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us again on the show. Uh, before we get into today's guest, I'd uh, just like to take a second to remind you all that Otter Fishing is brought to you by otterfish.com, which is an amazing little platform that helps small businesses make better Facebook ads. So uh, Otterfish creates smarter ads by running multivariate testing automatically in the background and feeding you the best performing ads. So if you run Facebook ads for your small business, go and have a free trial on otterfish.com and see how good your ads could be. So with that in the bag, let's get into it. Today on the show, I've got a guest that uh, we've already been firing off each other in the last five minutes or so um, with a heap of mutual interests. So who knows where this particular episode is going to end up. But uh, Glenn Edley is a email marketing professional and helps people get the most out of their email marketing, as well as a head of digital for racing brands and including some very well-known brands. So we're going to get into talking about a little bit about that and probably finish off with discussing our favorite vehicles and things. So uh, if you're also a car enthusiast, you'll be uh, sticking around towards the end of this one. So uh, without further ado, Glenn, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for giving up some of your time. Lovely to have you. Thank you. Kia ora. Kia ora. So where are you coming in from today, Glenn? Uh, this is uh, the my workshop office that uh, has been the subject of uh, many Zoom meetings. Apparently, I had the best uh, Zoom background uh, because today it's slightly different because of how, how the setup is for this. But uh, usually you can see my racing car in the background and people would say to me, like, is that real? And I, and I do this, Trevor, because I'll do this for you. Yeah, yeah, do it. Get in it. Wow, look at that. That's real. You can't CGI that shit. That's amazing. What is it? So it's a 1988 Peugeot um, 205 GTI that I've been racing since 2014 and uh, started off in the 2K Cup and uh, now racing the European uh, Racing Championship, which is just uh, um, a very cool championship with lots of actually older vehicles, like, you know, older than this, Mercedes, mm -hmm. uh, Porsches, uh, Volvos, Escorts, nice. MGs, MGV8s, really good variety of of um, of cool cars. So yeah, cool. And uh, is it is it track or is it uh, rally or I mean Peugeot kind of goes across both those sort of. It things. does, it does. So no, it's it for me. I just race on the circuit and uh, uh, and I really really enjoy it. So yeah, and it seems like it's spilled over. Uh, into blending your professional life in with that um, passion as well, mate, which is always the hardest thing to do, but always the most rewarding, I reckon. If you can combine your passions with your work, then you're winning, right? I, I agree. Like, um, nice segue into uh, where I'm at at the moment. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've dropped into a role of uh, head of digital at uh, Racer Products. Um, and it's just like, I wish this job had been around a long time ago. Like it's <laughs> it's just perfect for me. I love it. So um, you know, we can touch on that later. But yeah, it's um, it's a really interesting place to be. And um, I've known the guys for quite some time since I started racing, and I even um, uh, started importing motorsport uh, gear from Italy with a friend of mine, James. So yeah, a lot of background and trying to work out how to 
you know, get our motorsport paid for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I'm in a place where... And it's know, working. You've, you've got there. You're living the fucking dream, mate, hey? That's amazing, huh? People, yeah, um, yeah it, it is true. So, I mean, I, hey, look, I still run Spike, uh, which is my email marketing business, my uh, full service. Um, that's changed a lot over the last few years. You know, I've worked out of here for the last few years. And, um, uh, you know, since COVID and then now I, I'm at the office at work and um, not far from where my actual old office was uh, in Avondale, where on Partiki Road. And um, unlike a lot of other businesses, you know, we actually have a store that's open seven days. And um, if you're working on cars, you know, and you need that last minute bit, to be able to just drive to Partiki Road, often on the motorway, we, we get a lot of business over the weekend. And um, sure, you know, yeah, I'm always surprised when I go past, like especially car dealerships and things like that, right? Like that's the fucking time we have to do it. It's the weekend, you know. Yeah, I have, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, today, for example, normal day, I've been, I, I squeezed about 15 minutes of lunch in between, pretty much back to back meetings. So you know, when have I got to go and get that tricky little bit? Yeah, uh, it's Saturday morning or it's Sunday afternoon when when the sun's starting to set, and I think, oh, I just need that one bit, and then I'll fire this thing up, and that'll be a huge milestone covered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, it, it's um, it, it's been a, an interesting journey knowing these guys, buying parts off them, um, off both both brands actually, off Racer and off Scarls or Scarless, and. Um, it's actually pronounced Scarless. So for anyone who wants to know, because uh, yep. it's Andrew Scar and Andre Douglas and they were. I always thought it had something to do with the fact that once you start motor racing, that's the end of your uh, body in its virgin format that you're about to have. <laughs> I thought scars it was everywhere of from all of the broken bones and bits and pieces and shrapnel <laughs> flying at you and broken knuckles and all the rest of it that goes along with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's been like, it's, last few months i've been there it's been really cool and um uh, i'm really enjoying being on the other side i mean i haven't actually had a job for over 20 years um 22 years or something someone else be a, 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 it must be a bit of a, a, a change then although given that it's your passion and uh, it doesn't feel like it. It, it, it you know you probably don't feel like you're working for somebody else you feel like you're just sort of getting paid now to do what you you've always wanted to do anyway <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i do and 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 also being down in the office being a, at the store you know i thought i was okay at home and and um you know and and my wife had said to me nah yeah you're better out with people you know, and, uh, and <laughs> my wife says that to me as well, but I don't think it's got anything to do with me having conversations with other people. <laughs> I think it's me getting the fuck out of her way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, too good. Well, she, uh, but she was, I, you know, to, to her credit, she, uh, she just said to me, "You sell better. You do better when you're in person." And so, being down there uh, mm-hmm. and having those opportunities, but like I get to listen in to customers and you know that's really interesting because um with all my clients i don't get that opportunity so when you're a service business and you're trying to get alongside your client as you know you're asking as many questions as you are you might go and see them you, you know if they've got a store you know you're trying to get as uh much information as you can to offer the best advice and service you can right mm-hmm. but being there totally different 
you know like i just know exactly what's going on i can see whether something worked immediately i don't mm -hmm. have to wait for a report you know yeah, totally. uh, and and um but that the difference of having a store like and I, I know i've said it but you know i think people need to start thinking rethinking about bricks and mortar again because you know um a long time ago a lot of stores closed down a lot of chains closed down and I've mm -hmm. always thought, I don't agree with that. You know, I think that they could be doing stuff better and could have actually kept their stores because convenience is well overlooked. And, and I remember I did a, um, a couple of days with um, foodstuffs around Gilmore's mm -hmm. and I did this talk on convenience and, you know, Gilmore's is about convenience because it's there and if it's in Mount Roskill, it's, you know, it's around the country. And if you're a, a dairy owner or a restaurant owner, you can just either send a courier or you can race in there and get it, right? And that convenience is everywhere. And I, I think a lot of people have thought, let's go online, let's go all in online. And it does work. However, I've always thought I love stores. I love retail. Like I really love retail. Retail's great. I love selling stuff. When my friends come in to my to our store, right? I'm like, I'm so pleased to see you spending money here. It's my favorite. <laughs> well, the I team, mean, I mean, they're getting a deal. They're getting a deal because it's trade and all that. But it's like, <laughs> I love it. And the fact is, they've just driven from their car dealership. I, I mean, I know all sorts of people. So they've driven from their car dealership. Their mechanics office they're whatever and mm -hmm. they're into our store buying what they need i love it yeah no, well, it's, no it's an interesting thing. one i imagine you know 20 years or, or whatever it's been working in the digital marketing space i know i've been in that space for probably that long or, or even longer and you do you kind of get detached from all of that you know you end up having to do customer surveys and nps things and try and get a sense of the sentiment around brand story or campaign activity or whatever it might be and uh yeah you're right like if you're in the store you just kind of go and stand at the counter and have a listen in on some of the conversations that are going on customers are walking yeah. in 24 7 and that might be a huge opportunity that perhaps a lot of small businesses that do have bricks and mortar stores aren't, aren't really tapping into you know from from our land from the digital marketing space you're right you've got to wait till you get a report you've got to do some data analysis and figure out can i see some trends here is there some sort of uh, pattern that I can target or, or or that I can lean into with my campaign activity, and I know I'll count the number of times I've I've done, you know, persona research for example was a big one for me, right? Like I'm all yeah, into, yeah. I, I come from a psychological kind of background, and I'm really big on under trying to understand human behaviour, and and so persona research is is kind of the starting point for me for everything, and you typically you're doing that like picking up the phone and calling somebody, you know, hi, you bought our product, you know, why did you buy our product? And you're asking all these questions, trying to get to know these people. And if you've got your own store, you've got that opportunity right there. You can have your finger on the pulse of what your customers are thinking about. What are the challenges that they're facing? Why are they choosing your products over somebody else's? All of that absolutely vital information that marketers, you know, bend over backwards and go through heaps and heaps of protocol and rigmarole to get that information. And it's all right there. So it's just yeah. really interesting. But you get to, like, when you get to talk to them too, you know, yeah, we, we've got a couple of guys who've been um, with Scarless for, you know, six and eight years, you know, they, they've got a long history. They know more about your car than you, you know, mm -hmm. and and so 
um, having those guys is just super useful. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I'm seeing, you know, a big change in that market because, you know, the business, uh, uh, Scarless especially, was built on Nissan's. Um, Nissan's are getting rare, and most people we find are actually putting them back to standard because uh, they're worth more money. worth more money now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not trashing them like they, you know, and drifting them into walls and stuff. Um, uh, and then, you know, we're heading towards uh, BMWs and uh, Volkswagens. BMWs, great, great drifting platform. Um, okay. They're cheap. So, mm. you know, I'm seeing the change in market to that, and it's about, like, how do we adapt to that? How do our suppliers adapt to that? Um, we have our own brand of automotive parts, you know, like a full range from turbos to radiators. Um, and the, the other interesting thing is for me is like, you know, with Mudstark, uh, which is our four by four brand and which I know you like, and with our racer products, our motorsport brand, you know, it's a cool challenge to work out how to marry all those things together. And, you know, I've learned some really interesting stuff about like, you know, audiences and like, you know, I'm all branded out because we got stuff lying around, but it's like, you know, LUCAB, which you noticed, you know, yeah. if you own a new Ranger or a new Amarok or a Hilux, yeah, this is the brand for you, right? Mm -hmm. So those guys, and look, I'll be honest, you know, 80 is, we have 80% of the traffic to say scarless.co.nz is female. Uh, no, sorry, 80% is male, sorry. 80% mm -hmm. is male, 20% uh, is female. 99% um, of uh, our sales are males aged uh, 25 to 34. Right. So, so it's a really interesting thing. Here's a funny thing I noticed recently, and I said it out loud just to test my theory. So a lot of the guys who come in, and they are guys, a lot of them who come in are um, coming in their work vans. So they'll be trades trades guys, right? And, mm -hmm. and then, but... What will happen is so they come in and they either come in in their work van or they come in in their girlfriend's car. Like because theirs is in the shed. Right? The girlfriend <laughs> is driving them to pick up parts. It cracks me up because their car's at home in pieces. Because of course they drive the work van every day, right? So to mm -hmm. them, like having a project car is nothing. Um, you know, I've noticed like these days, a lot more younger people are earning, for, for a start, they're earning a lot more money. Like, let's be real here. Like, you know, you're starting off in 50 odd K or whatever. Like this mm -hmm. is not peanuts money, you know, yeah. um, thousand bucks a week or so you're living at home. You've got a work van. Like you're doing, you're no, spending you're money on toys. Yeah. Much, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, what I think is also, I, I have a theory is that your industry would have got a shot in the arm uh, through COVID as well. Right. I mean, we spent less money, less of that disposable income went on traveling and going overseas and doing all of those things that we typically do as Kiwis. Cause as soon as yep. we get to this time of the year, especially it gets cold as yep. the hairs on an Eskimo's ass. And so we go, we all go to Fiji. Yes. Uh, that's not happening or hasn't happened for the last couple of years. And I noticed it with my old cruiser. Like I've got an old 80 series land cruiser cause I'm a land cruiser guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I noticed my land cruiser went from being worth peanuts to now it's, you know, it's an appreciating asset. And again, I'm in that boat. Like I'm taking all of the customized bits out and putting all the original factory stuff back in again, because 
It's, you know, it's, uh, it's becoming a valuable item in the, in the driveway. It's not my old dunga that I hack around in the bush anymore. It's, uh, it's something that I've got to polish up and make look, look, look pretty again. Cause, uh, you, you know, there you, you do, mate. You so, do. Did, so talk to me a little bit about how, um, this blend between offline and online is working in your space, um, given yep. that you're now in a, in a brand that uh, I think you're right. You know, it lends itself to bricks and mortar, the, the, the motor racing or, or, or motor enthusiasm, because you've got to go and get bits. You've got to go and find the right part. You've got to talk to somebody who knows because you probably don't know and doing a bit of online research. You certainly don't get that expertise from a Shopify store. Um, so, what it would be the percentage of online, offline, and, and where's the growth in your market at the moment? So that's a really good question because, you know, I do have these three main brands to work with, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we start with Mudstuck, um, we're moving our store out to Hampton Downs. We've got a unit out there. We've got a couple of units out there. Um, and that gets us uh, more space and it gets us a unique point because what, we found is that four by four enthusiasts will drive. They will. They'll go somewhere, right? And go and have a look at arts and things like that. And so, you know, um, looking at getting that out of there and getting a real good expert who knows what they're talking about and who's really into it. Um, so we're going to move that. And then, but the online part of that is actually, uh, and this is across all the brands, is actually using video to actually tell stories about the parts and and um, using, so, you know, starting off using reels, you know, uh, do I start using TikTok soon? Like working out all that mix because with online, you really do, you can use video to tell the story about the parts and just show people, but you're right. At the end of the day, if someone is spending uh, eight to 15,000 on a, on a LU cab rooftop canopy tent, and proper fit out like they want to come and see it generally right or come and see it or you know they've done a huge amount of research right and they've worked mm. out that lu cab is the best and they want it and like we're the dealer we're the dealers for the country so mm -hmm. they you know they want to talk to someone um and the other thing is we've got uh car dealerships you know who are starting to want to talk to us about putting these hey we've got this we're doing a fit out new vehicle like we had one, two this week, two Hiluxes, um, doing fit outs from a Toyota dealership. Um, and we're putting on, you know, the full setup because overlanding is actually becoming more popular than four by fouring. Yeah, because overlanding, definitely. yeah, you don't smash your car up as much. Mm -hmm. um, you get to go and camp next to just exquisite scenery and you can be off the beaten track for a week. And mm -hmm. so that, that's where LU cab and those, those kind of uh, rooftop tents and canopies and all that come in. And, and that's been really interesting there, right? Like, and they're older. There are a lot older people too. The rooftop tents, which we sold so many of, and now there's, you know, there's us and there's Felden and there's lots of other brands. You know, they are the younger people, right? I honestly don't know what they do with half these rooftop tents trevor i think like i think a, a lot of them have become accessories like a spoiler they, they or uh, you know it's like i've got the i've got the dual cab amarok i've got to have the rooftop tent on the back of it yeah um, well, to make it at least look guy. like at least suggest that I, I take this thing somewhere other than to fucking pack and save and, and, and yeah. to work and pack you know <laughs> but if you're the young guy with the 80 series or the or the toyota surf or whatever it is with one on the top and then you're ringing us because 
you know, you've had this thing sitting outside and you've driven it around for two years and it's like, they're actually meant to come off. Oh, well, <laughs> and it's, what do you mean it's been on your roof for two years? Well, <laughs> have you used it? Like, like, they are definitely accessories. Like there's a lot of young guys driving around those cars. And so they're not, yeah. And, you know, we, we cater to them, but they are definitely, mm. I don't know. I don't know how they pay for the fuel bill. My goodness. You know, like, that thing is like that thing is an air brake up there, you know. Um, <laughs> but it looks cool. Serious. And I, but, and I've got I've got a ten thousand dollar rooftop tenema rig, so you know I'm a baller. You know when yeah, I when yeah, I yeah. when I roll into the dock camping site, you know, I'm not in a I'm not in a twelve dollar you know warehouse chair. I've got my fucking you know thirty yeah. grand's worth of kit. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, a baller. Uh, and so those, those, you know, I like those people as well because, like, um, it's a more, um, well, yeah, I like this more, more, money. more money than brains. Is that this? Well, <laughs> no, they just know what they want, you know, yeah. and they've gone. So the last two years have shown them that they, they can go and spend time with their family mm. uh, in closer situ. Also, like, do you know what? There's a whole country to explore here. And so people are getting out of it. I mean, I know people like with overlanding, there are certain trips you can do where you will not go near a highway or anything for, for as long as you want, basically mm -hmm. in the South Island, right? You're just driving on farms and it's mm -hmm. incredible. So we want those people coming in for a mudstuck. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and then we've got the mudstuck can kind of cater as well to a lesser extent to the people who want to do um, winching and all that. That, that generally comes through Scarlet, so they're more younger people. Um, but with um, that, I haven't done a heck of a lot because uh, I haven't been there long enough. Like, basically, I have to pick, off, pick my battles. So I've kind of, you know, updated some of the websites and stuff. Um, but then with Scarlet, that was where, to me, was my biggest opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because racer products is generally done through relationships, you know. Um, one thing Racer has showed me is that um, there is a lot of, uh, I don't know how if I should put this in public, but there's a, you only have to go out to the racetrack and see, there's a lot of money around, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, these are older guys, they're gentlemen racers, they know what they want, or their builder has said, you need to buy this, or their builder buys it from us. Mm -hmm. And so those are personal relationships. Um, I'm starting to move that more um, uh, on online by, you know, I've started email marketing. Um, it's pretty light. It's like a fortnightly, mm -hmm. um, you know, because those people like myself with racing, like I pretty much know what I want and I'm just going to go and get it. So I know where Racer Products is because, you know, we've always... So so what's the role of email then if 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 you're in a if you're in a, a, a marketplace where primarily it's a relationship driven because it's a smaller market i'd imagine there's not that many people oh, in that in that space and most of them want are spending big money on big ticket items they're getting advice from the people around them they're doing their research they're coming in so where does email sit? And and I think this is a segue into the a bigger part of the conversation that I want to have with you today, because I have this theory as we move into web three, that email is, is a sunset industry and I'm happy to be proven wrong. So st let's, let's start that with a, what's the role of email in this environment where you've got bricks and mortar, you've got lots of relationships, big ticket items, small market. How does it fit in? 
for you? So with Racer, it's about telling people what else we have generally, right? Mm -hmm. And what new products we have because they don't know. You know, they, they only see a part of what we do um, and we've never done it before. So by sending out a fortnightly category email, like this week, it was about car outfitting. So mm -hmm. car outfitting is things like uh, bonnet catches through to fire extinguisher systems. You know, it's the stickers on the outside, like, oh, I didn't know you guys had those. Yeah, of course we did. You know, like we sell everything. So it's to do with racing. Um, one thing here, just I just want to interject, is that with racer products in Scalis, I these are the two premier like motor, like motorsport brand and or part motorsport parts brand and and performance um like street performance brands in New Zealand like most of our traffic to Scalis is people typing in Scalis mm -hmm. like that's crazy I, I've got a lot of clients and over the years I've never seen that them be so brand heavy and yep. then they come to the website they do a search on the website find what they want by it right? it's crazy right mm -hmm. and so yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, how email works for Racer specifically, or how I'm seeing it work right now, because I'm just starting, is just letting people know what we've got and just staying top of mind, because mm -hmm. there are some competitors out there, and uh, I want to make sure that you know my Bell helmets are sold more than RI or or Stilo. I want to I want to tell people that Bell is owned by you know force uh right and it now has zero noise like you know you can do a lot more i mean 15 of the 20 formula one drivers run a bell helmet mm -hmm. like they're the best um and so you know telling people about so it's that, almost like an educational play right it it's is. a it's a it is. it's a yeah we sell this and this is the reason why and i guess it's a bit more of a yeah. longer form kind of not, conversation not right now not right now but it will be so i'm starting to add more video because the thing is with um the two guys who you know the directors uh there's three of them like they have been one's a professional racing driver uh um the other two have been in motorsport for a very long time um one longer a lot you know mark a lot longer than uh chris and so you know they've been there since day dot on a lot of stuff with motorsport in this country Mm -hmm. And they just are a wealth of knowledge. And we don't ever sell things you don't need. Ever. We're not like, like you won't come to it's me not and just go. product for product's sake. Yeah. It's like, so I'll tell you a story that I think listeners might understand because it goes across everything. So this is how it got told to me by a friend of mine. Um, he is one of the, he is the best, basically, Mark One escorts in New Zealand. He has a Zach Speed built Mark One Escort, built a carbon fiber, wins lots of races, wins the hill, wins the hill climb down at, um, you know, um, uh, uh, Rod Mill's, you know, or Rod Millen's place, all, all that kind of stuff. Right? Very, mm -hmm. very cool stuff. And the story was this. A guy comes to him and says, I need to buy a gearbox. What gearbox should I buy for my car? Oh, you should buy this one. Oh, okay. How much is it? $9,000. Oh, but these ones are three. Yeah, but you're going to fix those every few months and gonna, it's going to ruin your weekend. Oh, okay. No, oh, I'll just buy the, the $3,000 one. Goes out, it breaks in qualifying, right? And so he's got to go and fix it. So his whole day, his whole weekend's busted because he's, and then, and then the short part of the story is after a few breakages and a few bad weekends, 
he goes and buys the $9,000 gearbox. And this is where racing, you know, getting that advice about the $9,000 gearbox versus the $3,000 one, that's the kind of advice that we tell about brakes, about, um, you know, seats and helmets and everything. And it's like you need – and look, that's – a lot of these racing guys in New Zealand have just got a massive depth, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to work out how to get that out there. And I think video and um, long form and blog posts, you know, but mostly video is going to help with that. Um, and then – and no one's really done that. And so with Scarless, though, you know, this is a brand that's been around since 2005. Um, they used to send some emails a few years ago. Uh, nothing had been done for over two years since um, well, Racer Products bought Scarless. And so, um, you know, as a brand for street performance and drifting, it's like there is no other one compared to these guys. Yeah. And, and why I started email marketing there is because we've never done deals. And I thought if I do a weekly deals, right, I'm going to do achieve a couple of things. One, I'm going to move some product uh, that might have been sitting around, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, excess stock or, you know, some stuff that we're doing. But the key thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell the people on this database um, that, you know, we have all these other parts that you didn't know about. Because, it, like, we've got, like, 5,500 parts, you know? Like, how – and so – uh, I mean, we've got like 4,000 listings on Trade Me. So, so to get through all of that and to tell people what we have, um, that's why I'm doing email marketing there. And look, you know, we, we do the Monday deals. We remind that they got runs for 48 hours. And, and here's the thing about email. And, and, you know, this falls under my email marketing evangelist thing is that, you know, people tell me that all sorts of myths about email marketing, like, oh, people don't read their emails. Young people don't read their emails. And it's just false because, you know, our market is 25 to 34-year-olds. They're reading our emails. We have great open rates. And, hey, they might not always buy what they what we advertise, but they'll buy something else. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, we had, when I first started, you know, 14% of our traffic was returning customers, right? Yeah, 14. And... You know, we're up near 26 to 28% now, and I've only been there, you know, less than three months, and we've only been sending emails. That's the difference that I don't think that people get because how you use email is, is you know, could is basically two things it does. Stays top of mind and prompts an action. And my mm-hmm. action is to get more people to my website to certain pages, to certain categories, because it's going to help my SEO, which is going Mm -hmm. to help my Google ads. Do you you know what I mean? And getting it all working together. So it's Um, part of the mix, not just a a standalone kind of activity. Yeah. You've got to think of all of the other benefits that come from it. Yep. And it works really, really well. And like, you know, um, you know, because I still own Spike. Yeah. um, I get to... um, you know, we're very good at getting all those emails built and we've got marketing planners and, and things like that to get it rolling. But just So like, where did you start? Like putting your spike hat on for a minute. Yep. When you first came into this business, haven't sent any emails for a couple of years. I'm sure there's people listening to this and there's a lot of businesses out there that, you know, their email marketing's are kind of a nice to have, not a need to have. It's the one that sort of falls off the radar. It's not as sexy and as exciting as the latest TikTok video that I'm producing that I've spent three or four grand on or whatever it is. Yep. So 
talk to me a little bit about the strategy and the, the, the thinking behind how do you approach, uh, you know, you've got two brands or, or certainly a, a couple of brands that are, are very well known already. People are, you're getting a lot of direct traffic. People are typing it straight into Google. They know what they're looking for. So where do you start and how does it, how does an email strategy take shape in an environment like that? And what's some of the things that maybe other small businesses that maybe aren't making the most of this channel should be thinking about when they start approaching this? So uh, one, one key thing for us was that we've built our business for Scarless has been built on TradeMe. So, you know, it's about telling the trade me customers as well that, hey, you can, you know, we can, you can actually just buy directly off our website too. So there's a strategy in place for that as well. Um, because, um, you know, you can't rely on trade me uh, forever. And so, you, you know, you've got to rely on yourself. So um, I, that's one thing is staying top of mind with those kind of people. But what, what it was is I went in there and I went, okay. We have got 11,000 customers who have marked themselves in Shopify as wanting to receive marketing, right? 11,000 it was, it's, it's more, but it's like, okay. So what I did was like, I can't just blast, okay? So what I did is I yeah. came up with an, an offer and um, a bit of an incentive. And that was the first email that went out. It was like, hey, we haven't been in touch. Here's what we're going to do from now on. Um, and uh, here's an incentive for staying, you know, for staying. And um, hardly any, like, I was pretty impressed. There wasn't many unsubscribes. I think people were thinking, oh, what are, what are we going to get here, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started sending out deals uh, on the weekly deal. And I, and I just do what I said I was going to do. We will have a 48-hour deals on the website we're going to email you about them. They'll be available until they're sold out, you know, for those 48 mm -hmm. hours. I'm going to send you an email to tell you when they start and an email to tell you when they're finishing. And I just did that for, for quite a few weeks. And then getting some traction there, uh, getting good open rates, getting good click-throughs. We're selling stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, and the traffic to the website's growing and those return customers is really improving. And so then I was like, okay, um, my next plan, because I, I need to see more emails than that, I think, is I send a category email. Now, that only goes out um, once a fortnight or, you know, and that's like, hey, uh, here's uh, a brand. So we were launching a new clothing brand called AutoNation, uh, AutoNation NZ, um, and it's a cool motorsport brand and Racer Products is the exclusive retailer for that. And so I did a, uh, the giveaway around that, which actually finishes today um and we um just promoted that and you know got a, and so people come into the store you know I, and a good example is today hey i've come to have a look at the auto nation stuff oh cool man yeah it's just there like that actually happened today mm -hmm. I, was, I was walking out and i hear this guy go what i just said and i'm like that's awesome how did he know about that there's only two ways he either knew from the email or instagram and this is where for me, I know that Instagram is where my 25 to 34-year-olds are. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, and this is something that a lot of businesses have to deal with, you know, we've actually lost access to our Instagram account um, and we've had to start from scratch. And that is, oh, it's crazy. Um, but Reels is working quite well. It gets a lot of engagement. Um, and it's just telling, and a lot of the, the emailing, 
the, the content in it, you know, we've got banners through to the competitions. Um, and we're telling people now, like, you know, follow us on Instagram, tag us with your ride. And, um, you know, through that, we're finding some really interesting builds um, where people are using our parts. And, um, you know, there's, gosh, there's some guys out there who are doing some very cool TikToks and YouTube stuff, um, and our parts are featured. Mm -hmm. So influencer marketing, which you and I spoke about at the beginning, you know, I heard a lady say, she's, oh, gosh, what digital company she's from. Um, I was watching her with uh, John Maybury this week. Soda Digital, she's from. So mm -hmm. shout out, to the, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. Uh, from Soda Digital. <laughs> she, she said, conversation is the new conversion. And for me, you know, we've talked about relationships and, and us having a store and being able to build those relationships and, and convert people. Because when someone comes in store, I'm selling you more than I could ever sell you online. Mm -hmm. You know, because I will ask you the question, oh, what are you driving? I'm driving an E36. That's a BMW. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So have you seen this? Have you seen these? Oh, I didn't know you guys did those. Yeah, man. We're the Part Shop Max Australia, like Australasia guys. Oh, man. Next minute, they're like, you know, they're thinking about or dreaming about or even just yeah. buying these other parts. And so, um, you know, email is about trying to have that kind of conversation online. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, same kind of thing, using video. And just having those conversations um, and look, Gary V once said, you've got to be listening where people are talking. And he was referring to Twitter at the time, but now that's every social platform, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I do think Facebook is a lot older, but, um, those people generally have a lot more disposable mm -hmm. income. So, um, so do you change the conversation across those different mediums, right? So, um, you know, you, you, the conversation you're having on, say, Instagram would be different to what you're having on maybe Facebook versus TikTok and, again, v versus yep. email. Yep. Is that, is that you know, what, what would your thinking be around that? Is, is that a process of discovery? Is it, you know, I mean, perhaps in your market it's blatantly obvious or is it a, is it a, a learning game where it's a suck it and see? You know, you give something a go and you see how it works and you, you're learning as you, as you move. Like, what's I your thinking around that? Man, that's, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, it's both. And the thing is, is that, you know, compared to my customers for Scarless, I'm old, right? But but that seems to be okay. And so um, the way that I, I, I'm doing most of the social media myself, right? Because <laughs> I, I want to know what works and what doesn't work. And so, um, you know, eventually we'll hire someone. But, um, and then for Racer Products, um, that's, I have to write totally different content because they're totally different people. And I thought on the outside that these people were kind of similar, like I'd be able to have lifetime customers, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I can have lifetime customers, but they are actually completely different at every stage. And so it's like if I'm sending out a race of products email, that's kind of talking like from Chris or Jean's tone you know how they speak to people with that authority around you know what to sell and all that and then um when because people are spending like you said people are spending bigger money mm -hmm. um 
so it's it is serious and uh, generally serious people too you know they have they own businesses they you know high, high profile job all that stuff you know and so they they want facts they want they want it straight mm-hmm. whereas with scarless i could be it can be more fun and young and all that stuff but also you've got to be knowledgeable because you'll get found out pretty quickly by someone who's gone r32 uh um you know they they know if it, like you know someone will come in and say oh i got an rb25 debt you know like you got to know what that is mm-hmm. you know you got to know that it's a two and a half liter six liter um six cylinder turbo right so you got to talk vicious like that. fucking motor for those of you who don't know what <laughs> what it is thousand yeah, horsepower yeah. plus those things incredible and, motor. And i know i'm kind of going around a little bit but it's like what 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 i'm saying is that it is you have to test and like you don't be afraid if mm-hmm. your audience is a bit younger or a bit older or whatever the that's that the thing is that in real life you relate to them right and so you've just got to do that and and like how would you talk to them in the store how that's would you gold. talk to them and mm-hmm. and i feel that um you know this is right now and i said this last year and this i'll just name drop my mailchimp masterclass that you can go and watch on youtube it's the mm-hmm. most watched one there um <laughs> is that you can this is a time when smaller businesses can actually get more personal and win because the trust is gone and it's just too hard for a lot of these big businesses to be able to do this. But now there's all these tools that you can get personal. But my advice on this is choose one and yep. do it really, really well. Like I, for Scarless, I'm choosing Instagram because I know that's where my 25 to 34 year olds are. But not only that, I'm going to do it really, really well. And maybe in six months time or so, we'll look at TikTok. But in the meantime, I'm doing really, because what I find is that people just do bits and pieces. Or scattergun, right? Make one piece of content and throw it everywhere and hope. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you can do that if you've got a big team and stuff. But in reality, just stick to one because you'll do way more content for that that way. You'll mm-hmm. get to know that tool really, really, really well. Totally. And you'll kick ass on it, right? And yep. then, yeah, take those learnings. Now, I'm really good at email, right? So it's pretty easy for me to go, okay, I want to send this many emails and and here's how I start up a dead audience. Here's how I, you know, do my automations and all that kind of stuff. But I always choose a frequency and I stick to it. Because I know that if I do that for the next year or so or two years, I'm going to get a good return on on those emails. We're going to get really good at working out what needs to go in them. And um, and I know that for some business owners, that gets a bit boring because I had that conversation today. But the thing is, is that, you know, he forgets that he finds it boring. But, you know, the people have only just opened his email. Yeah. Yeah. They've only opened it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, when someone comes in and tells you something different, I mean, that's fine. You can listen to them, but it's like, I know from experience now, you know, just like you send your emails on the right day, you've set expectations, you meet those, you might change out the design from time to time. You might test some things, 
But um, people are you segmenting? Are, are you segmenting um, with your email sends? Yeah. Do you have various lists? Um, you know, you talked about some of the ideas that you use running deal based emails for 48 hours. I think that's a great strategy because that gives people something to be excited about and, yep. and, and will drive more open rate rather than just a typical newsletter. Hey, this is what we've been doing for the last month. Yep. Um, so I really like that idea of being consistent and, and, and offering some kind of value that people tap into. But what about the differences between say your, your, your scarless audience, that's your 25 to 35 year olds. And then you've got your, your, your race of parts uh, guys who are, you know, a bit older uh, and potentially a bit wiser potentially although can i i'll just interrupt you there is an interesting dichotomy there um where we have young races and then we're dealing with the dads and their granddads mm -hmm. so that's the older audience of dads and granddads and then we've got all these young people coming so how do you manage that. that from an email point of view how, how do you go about identifying for example somebody is a, a granddad or a dad and then you're sending them a different message to what you're sending the kid how does so, that work in an email environment so in an email environment, to be honest right now, in that particular database, um, that's quite hard. And in fact, in any database, like MailChimp's going to give you some demographics. But when we're talking about six-year-olds and eight-year-olds go-karting, mm -hmm. like we're talking dad's buying all the stuff, right? So we just need to talk to dad about his kids um, go-karting and that he should be buying his go-karting gear from us. So how, but how we do that also is I go and have a look online and I go and see, oh, okay, there's this young guy named um, Aaron Lala and he's six years old and uh, he's in a, um, a go-kart and he's, he's quick and he's wearing one of our bell helmets. So I'll go and feature him in an Instagram post and a Facebook post, you know, or I'll tag him in that. Because what I'm finding is the younger people who are doing go-karting, and we're talking kids here, their parents are setting them up um, like um, racing profiles. And then the older kids, they're running it themselves and they're doing a really good job. So that's kind of how to talk to them right now, but their parents are still paying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, the parents are on the email list uh, and then we're talking to the kids on social, although their parents are monitoring all of that as well, right? So. Mm -hmm. But it's those 16 to 18 year olds. So you're empowering your users in a way. Yep. Like if I get my, put my sort of broader hat on, take it outside yep. of just a motor vehicle circuit, you're empowering your users to become influencers for your product and thereby building relationships with people who, who, who control the purse strings. So you're, it's a very clever strategy. And, and there's probably a way of looking at that across a range of different business types, you know. Um, absolutely the the younger user of a product is typically more likely to share it on social which is a which is a, a great source of content for any business who's sitting there scratching their heads going what the fuck are we going to put on facebook today yep uh so you can look at your users and try and figure out and, and I, I always talk to people about make it easy for them like you know give them a hashtag that they can use on those posts that's easy for you to go and find it yep. uh so I really like this idea. And then you're having a conversation with that person. So you've, you've turned the, the user into an influencer and then you're having a different conversation with the person who controls the purse strings and yeah. who's also pretty pumped at the fact that you've used their kid as an influencer. So it's a, it's a very clever strategy. Outside of the six-year-olds in go-karts, what is the role of influencer marketing? I would, imagine, I would imagine, and you know, I've become a Formula One expert because I watched that Netflix 
uh, series, right? <laughs> like the rest of the world, suddenly we're all fucking Formula One experts, right? Because yeah, yeah, we've suddenly. Produced an amazing, oh, okay. amazing series. Uh, I always feel like this is a this is a market that's fraught with influencer marketing, right? You know, I remember the old days of James Bond, where every fucking thing that James Bond did had a brand associated with it. You know, he didn't breathe air; he breathed BMW air. You know. Um, so what's the what's the, need to watch too. everything mate you know there was not a thing left in that uh franchise that wasn't branded thank god they've changed that now and it's a little bit less in your face but there was a while there where it was just a fucking infomercial an action infomercial um what is the role of uh of, of the influencer marketing in your space how does that take shape and what are some of the things that you're learning about in that space that might be relevant to other people who think that influencer marketing is just for people who've got stupid amounts of money and, and are spending it on, you know, the end? So, uh, I think that's a really good question because that's one that I've looked at it myself and thought, man, am I just old and don't get it and think these people are bollocks, you know, and read. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have had some bad luck with influencers, right, if they've chosen the wrong one. What I'm looking for for influencers and influence is that something that works both ways. Now, if you're a race of products person, you know, like you're buying gear off us, you are trying to attract sponsors. So if you're wearing the right gear and you're doing social media and things like that, you're doing that because you want to attract sponsors and, and go racing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that works for us too, because obviously our gear is being promoted um and but also like we want to see people in good gear as well right so um there's a safety aspect and you know there's that we we like we adhere to but um when it comes to influencers what i'm looking for people uh who are doing it already like um we've got a hashtag scarless for example uh the last time i looked yesterday i think it was 1133 tags right like posts using that tag and I came upon this young guy and I was like, who is this guy? Like he's a TikToker and mm -hmm. he's a car, and he wants to set himself up as a car influencer on TikTok. He's got 52,700 followers, 2.2 million views. And, and like, he's doing really well. Um, and I'm like, okay, that like, how do I work with someone like that? And that's a conversation we're having today because um, with influencers, it obviously has to work both ways. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be very careful of the brand you already have. And I think that within your business, you really need to look at the influences you have in two places. One, inside your business. Mm -hmm. Who inside your business is an influencer that you don't even... You haven't tapped yet. Like, yet. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. They're talking about you all the time. And this falls into my mantra of consistency leads to trust leads to loyalty, leads to people telling stories at bars and barbecues. Mm -hmm. How do we get to there? Let's start with what we have. We have a group of people who work for us. What do they do? Have I got them wearing swag? Oh, I don't want to pay for swag. Oh, it costs too much. Well, you're stupid. Everyone mm -hmm. should be walking in and out of that place with swag, right? Like, I, like they should be branded everywhere and mm -hmm. buy good stuff that they would be happy to wear out, right? And it's going to start a conversation when they're out, especially, you know, whatever business you're in, you know? And I think that electricians and builders and, you know, people like us, like we get that right because, because mm -hmm. people want to wear hoodies, they want to wear caps. And so like, think about that, you know, my father-in-law sells boats. 
He wears very nice clothing, but all of it has his uh, American boats on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. so, so it's thinking about the people inside your business and yourself. And then it's looking at those people outside and going, well, who is sharing my stuff? Who is? And sometimes the only way to do that is to actually talk to your customers, create that hashtag that you said. Um, you know, we've got follow us on Instagram and tag and go into the monthly draw to get featured and uh, get exclusive discounts, right? And through that, for Scarless, we're going to find people who are doing really cool builds because that's what we find. Um, so I would start having a look on Instagram, especially because it's very visual mm -hmm. uh, for things that even if you're not on Instagram, just go and search for stuff related to your business. And you might be very surprised at what you find and who you find, because what business and, and, uh, this comes back to what businesses need. Uh, there's always, they talk about community. So the thing is, whatever you do, there's a community out there and you just have to be the thing, the point that people can rotate around, that people can have their conversations around. So with Scarless before COVID, we used to have a lot of meets. You know, people would do hard parks at our, mm -hmm. at our, at our building and they'd park their cars and do impromptu show, uh, car shows. We'd have a DJ and some food. You know, we really took it like, that was great because there's all these this car enthusiasts, right? Mm -hmm. So I think those are the two places to look for influencers inside your businesses and help empower those people and and like yeah if you have to buy them some hoodies you know you've got as color like it's, <laughs> it's it's good quality make sure if it's got graphics on it they wash them inside out with a cold wash and you'll be fine like you know like i think you've got to really think about this stuff and yep. um bike you know one of my most famous giveaways because i love swag was my notebooks now i've given away so many of these notebooks over the years i've given away caps and like I'll walk into an office and my notebook is on the desk. My cap is on the desk. You know, like you've got- yeah, one look. of the companies that in the digital marketing space, I think does it really well is HubSpot. So every time you go yeah. to anything related to HubSpot, there's swag oh. for free. Oh, mate. And not there's only, not only water, that, MailChimp does it. MailChimp does it, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think there's a, there's a couple of really- nice bits of gold there like empowering the people within your business to be advocates like mm -hmm. there's not enough of that and you're paying these fucking people anyway let's be honest like, oh, come on. yeah uh, yeah you know and, and if they're not passionate enough to wear a hoodie then they're probably not <laughs> probably not the right people to be in the boat uh yeah. and then and then and then looking for people who are already advocates for your product that are out and about and doing it for you and yeah, just and uh, created... you know, open up a relationship with those people somehow. You don't and have to go and hire Richie McCaw or an All true. Black or someone you like don't. that and spend tens of thousands of dollars to get influence. You no. just uh, you, you can you can be a lot smarter about it, I think. Yeah. Um, so... oh, do you know what? I've got a uh, and I like a it's called a strategy for influencers, which is I look for influencers. So look for those hashtags around your business already, around what you do, around your industry. Go and follow them. See what's going on. Uh, share that content if you haven't got any of your own um, and go and see who those people are. Um, but look for people who are just starting out and who might have 2,000 followers, not 10,000. Mm -hmm. and, and go and have a conversation with them because, um, you know, I, I was talking, I, like, I, like I said, this is very fresh for me because I had this conversation today. You know, if I can give uh, someone a steering wheel 
um, and they put it into their car and they do some videos about putting it in their car, driving it and stuff. Like, that's great. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's worth way more than the steering wheel, you know, mm -hmm. and I can cut that up and use it myself. Mm -hmm. And so, and uh, it, it, I, I think these days you've really got to just be more proactive and, and just listen a lot more. And, and that's why, you know, we're going to come back to a store and being an email and for me being email marketing and, and um, you know, email is all about staying top of mind and prompting action. And I think that, you know, you spoke about at the top of the hour, like we we're talking about how it's going to go. And the thing with email is that it's ubiquitous and that it's private. It's one-to-one. -one. You control it. You make the rules. And it's building your business and not anyone else's. Do you know what I mean? And I think if you write emails or do emails, how you would talk to someone in real life, you're going to win. And when you sell your business, the value that you have in your business is going to be in that database, in that customer database, and how often and how consistent you were communicating with it. Because yeah, they come and go. And like, if you don't have a good database that you've stayed in contact with, and email is the easiest way to do it, and the most private, secure, you, you're going to win. That's massive. And I think you touched on something before, which I want to just sort of land back on, because for me, this is the big thing about email. And I know I kind of set it up, but I'm a, a massive advocate of email marketing myself. I actually genuinely believe that email is the biggest asset you have. And you've kind of touched on it there, right? Like when it comes yeah, to valuing your business, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, 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 it's one of the assets of your business that people will look at and, and, and put a figure on. Um, yep. But for me, you, you talked a little bit about how you got booted out of an Instagram and you had to start from scratch again. So if you've just spent the last two years building a massive Instagram following and pour, pouring all of your chips into the Instagram pile and then your fucking page gets shut down for no fault of your own, yep. that's all gone into thin air. Whereas email is an asset that's not that you own. It's, it's a way of communicating with people who are into your shit that, that, are, that are already probably customers or want to be customers. They're already engaged with your business in some way and you own that. Facebook doesn't own it. Instagram doesn't own it. TikTok doesn't own it. You've right. got control over that. And I think that that's a massively important um, uh, asset because we start to have this conversation now about privacy, Web3. We're going to start getting into that and we're, we're almost out of time. So it's going to be a quick part of the conversation, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, but you've got this whole you know, iOS 14. So now you've got a device manufacturer who's not even, they don't give a shit about click rates and open rates and, you know, cost per clicks and auction, you know, digital uh, uh, digital advertising. They are a, a device provider and now controlling that space by purely giving their users the option of going, no, I don't want to be tracked anymore. Okay, so now we're going out of this what we call a cookie-less or a cookied world where yeah. I click on a web page, that web page tracks my IP address and now suddenly I'm, I'm, a, I'm my data is able to be sold to the highest bidder to show me ads and things that may or may not be relevant. We're moving away from that. Web3 creates an entirely new experience where this the entire conversation is now decentralized. So for those who are listening who don't understand what decentralized means because it gets thrown around a lot, but I don't think people really understand it. Facebook is a centralized market. It's owned by somebody. All that attention, all that activity, all of that uh, engagement, all of that commerce is all happening in a place that somebody owns. When in, the, in Metaverse, no one's going to own any of it. 
it's going to be up to you. So you're going to have your own. You're going to be your own Facebook and you'll be up to you to build and earn. And it's exactly the same as what you're doing in, in email. So in that sense, email or building an email list and having a strong email strategy where you see the numbers growing is the Web3 play. It is your metaverse play as a small business or even a larger business because that yeah. will be the community that you will empower when you do decide how, you know, what what am I doing with my NFTs? You know, every business, and, and this is another Gary V thing, and, you know, it's hard to have a conversation about this shit without that guy coming up. It really oh, fucking sorry, is. Sorry, he's, he's buried himself everywhere. But oh, he, yes. um, you know, he did talk about every business is going to have an NFT strategy in the same way every business now has a social media strategy. It's exactly the same thing. So all these businesses that are out there going, oh, Web3, Metaverse, it's just a gaming thing or it's, you know, digital art doesn't mean anything. No. It's the same thing that happened when we went into Web 2 with Facebook and this interactivity and this this different way of communicating and connecting with people. Well, that's Web 3. And so every business is going to have a, a, an NFT or metaverse strategy at some point in the very near future. Yeah. In the same way that every business has a Facebook strategy. So what is the way to enter that? And for me, it's email. And that's that's kind of where I wanted to, to, to finish this up. Yeah. Is, that's the importance of email to me is it's your community. It's, it's, it's a direct kind of line to your, or, or a place to herd your people. It is. It's not owned by anybody else. It's owned by you. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, it's been around for a long time, you know, Ray Tomlin, Tomlinson did a fantastic job inventing, you know, the at symbol basically uh, <laughs> to, to create, you know, email as we know it today. And I think, mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, gosh, the first spam message, I think, made $3 million back in the day, 1971 or something. So, look, it's, I think all these things have come and gone and and said that they're email killers. A conversation with someone one-to-one, -one, which is what email is, people need to remember it's not one-to-many. You have to think about it as one-to-one because -one, it's a customer standing in front of you in a store Mm -hmm. You have to think of it like that. Um, and too many people don't, and that's an issue. And then they send bad emails, and then they wonder why it doesn't work. Um, but if you do that, like, and you've got this one-to-one, -one, you're, you're winning. And I also think, like, you might stay in business longer, and you might have more fun, because, you know, we're all staying healthier for longer, and, and like, we're doing other things. And, I, I um, yeah, for me, email, you know, I, I've obviously been around it for a very long time and uh over 20 years now and uh it just keeps if you bring it back to that point to point conversation that is private it's secure as well think about that and also if you think about that the ios 14 hasn't really done much at all um you know there's a bit of a storm in a teacup in some respects um, but i also think that the way that the world is heading you know, with privacy and things like that, I think people are going to be very surprised at what kids, like my daughter says this about TikTok, right? She's 10. Oh, she doesn't watch TikTok. And she did for a little while. And I was like, why don't you watch TikTok anymore? Oh, I'd rather, why, why would I watch a video like that, Daddy, when I can watch a full video on YouTube? Hmm. Interesting. Now, she's 10. She sends emails to her friends. I'm like, I thought people didn't do emails. But you've got to remember, everyone's got an email address. They get it when they're at school, and then they might get a work one. And it's to me, I said this a very long time ago, an email address is like 
a driver's license. You know, it, it is you and, and you do need to look after it and make sure your password's really strong. But that thing is following you and people say, oh, but I ch people change them all the time. No. It's a Everyone, massive asset. How many things are plugged into your email asset. address? Every, yep. every piece of software that you use on a daily basis, yep. you connect to via your fucking email address. You like, do. Your bank accounts, all of this stuff, it's all attached to a goddamn email address. It's a it part is. of your, it's a, it, yes, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's like a driver's identity. license or a passport. It's a digital yeah. tool. It's a digital key. It yeah, is. It's huge. It's huge. To and me, it's, it's not going away. Like a, it's like a, a, an online license. It's, it's, a, it's a license. Look, I've always said that email addresses are like gold. And I actually think when you think about it, like what you just said, Trevor, with all those different places that you use, you're only ever using one email address. It's not a burner address. It's mm -hmm. a real one. And it might be sexy legs 1969 uh, at hotmail.com because <laughs> you forgot to change it. But <laughs> You're locked in on that and that's it forever, sexy legs. Yeah, that's it. You know, and so <laughs> you didn't take it seriously tell, enough. I can tell people's age by their email address today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I'll hilarious. Joelle, and there was a, yeah. there, there was a, a clap. She'll be going, ah. Anyway, um, but yeah. No, yeah no, it, this is 100%. A, I love these conversations, Trevor, because I feel like um, over the last three months, being on the other side, which I haven't been for 20 years, being client side, as it were, with a full time job, still running Spike. You know, I love it. I'm busy. Um, I've got great clients at Spike, um, and I've got this perfect job where i get to really see at the, literally at the coalface um you know people need to start thinking about business that uh, my dad thought about business my dad's a great salesman he said everything starts with a sale or nothing happens without a sale mm -hmm. you know you've got to go back to these basics don't believe the hype get really good at one thing and like you you'll have a million dollar business like it's that simple even in new zealand you can mm -hmm. create a bloody good business um not be stressed out trying to do everything and uh you'll enjoy it it'll last for longer you know it'll be great oh thanks dirk dirk's just jumped in and said great stuff uh look i um i think we've got a we're we're, we're, we're moving towards wrapping this up to yep. me it's uh it, it, it's absolutely um golden you've inspired the shit out of me i'm going to go and send an email to my data my neglected database in my little side hustle that i have because awesome you know we get we get busy and we forget about that sort of stuff but one of the key takeaways for me from this one is consistency you know that yep. that having a having something that is realistic that you can commit to and stay consistent and then your audience and you every time they open that email and read it you, you, you're cementing that relationship with them which i think is so important yep um Good on you. Thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate you giving us your time, mate. And uh, let's do this again, hey? It's, it's, yeah, that was fun. fun. Yeah, That's yeah. fun. I'm sure there's a lot more we could have a chat about. But I, I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to have a chat with you as well, Trevor, and and on this platform. And, um, yeah, I uh, I look forward to uh, to the next one. And how can people get to you, mate? How, how What's the best way for anybody who's interested thinking I need to talk to Glenn a bit deeper about my email strategy? How do they reach you? Uh, so thank you. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn, you just search my name, Glenn with two N's, Edley, E-D-L-E-Y. I'm the only one in the world, uh, which is pretty good. Um, and then uh, spike, S-P-I-K-E dot co dot N-Z. 
And if you're into uh, street performance racing or four by fouring, uh, raceofproducts.co.nz and you'll be able to get to our other websites. Awesome. Good on you, mate. Have a good afternoon. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Ciao. See you, mate.